Welcome everybody to the AJ Osborne Show, where we focus on our core tenets, impact, freedom, and progress. Join me and others as we grow through education and discussion. What's up, everybody? Um, we're diving straight into it. I have Luke Caldwell with me from Boise Boys and his company, Timber and Love. Um, uh, dude, you're probably by far one of my most requested guest because everybody's like you're in boise why haven't you had to have a show i'm like there you go we're here now you're here and um you know you you have an amazing story you're doing amazing things um i i like literally it's hard i was like we we just have to go straight into the podcast because i'll just talk to you about (laughs) this stuff all day long um so why don't you real quick tell people about First of all, you have your your television show. You have Timber and Love. You do uh, real estate investing. Um, walk people through what exactly uh, you do and are currently doing. That. Sure. So I guess maybe just a quick synopsis is, you know, I wasn't really involved in real estate. I was actually a touring uh, musician and was all over the country, kind of seeing unique things. And we actually toured all over and. Uh, I think we played 13 different countries and then every state but Alaska. So I was like, I was out and about and, and definitely exposed to a lot of things that I found interesting, creative, like design wise. So I've always been interested in design and creativity and I love touring and experiencing new places. And so I always would kind of leave and come back and be like, gosh, Boise, we should have some of this type of yeah. vibe here or whatever. And so I think there was always this kind of curiosity with real estate um, to some extent. And uh, it was probably about 10 years in um, and really about 10 years ago, uh, my wife and I, we wanted to adopt and we had two kids of our own at the time. And, you know, I was, I was a musician. I wasn't making like really anything other yeah. than, you know, providing for, you know, the simple things in life and definitely didn't have $40,000 sitting around to adopt. And, and I remember thinking like, I, you know, my grandpa was in real estate. I know you can make money, you know, in real estate and flipping houses, but I never really had looked into it. And I just said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to flip a house and help you know, pay for an adoption. Cause I gotta, I gotta figure this out. I don't know how to, I, I know that you can come up with a lot of money that way. And I never yeah. was motivated by money in my life. I yeah. always was just doing things that I was passionate about. Yeah. And so I never even really, it never crossed my mind. I was a very simple person just doing things I was interested in. And so I was interested in adopting. I knew I needed to make money. So my wife and I, we bought a house um, at auction. We partnered um, actually with my, my dad on it, got it and just took it on. I'd never done it before. And, um, I just really love the process and you know it was like how do i add value and i want to do something that looks cool and I, my whole intention from the very get-go was like what would i want to live in what yeah. would i think is is it would be a cool spot for me and my wife to be in and so we did it we made you know a good amount of money on it after we split everything and almost paid for the entire adoption through that first you know flip and i yeah. realized like wow like that was fun I, yeah. I enjoyed it and it just started this whole you know four kids we, we've adopted five kids now and i just kept flipping houses to pay for the adoption and it turned into a TV show and all this other stuff. Yeah. And it was just like a whole new career path. I was never planning on. And, um, it, it's been fun. Dude, that's crazy. And uh, we have to make sure though, this is clear. You're not saying four kids and then you adopted at five, it's five plus four or excuse, excuse me. So it's we eight total, eight, eight that, total kids. So we had two biological kids Yes, and then we adopted five kids. Uh, I, I take that back. Yes, five kids, and it's the math. Yes. <laughs> and then we just had a baby on top of it a year and a half ago, which was a little bit of a surprise. Yeah. So our 
our firstborn and our lastborn biologically are actually 10 years apart. Yeah. So that wasn't planned, but it's been a it's been a blessing. We love it. It's fun. You know, it's um, it, I I have four kids, and like I was, I can't even uh, imagine eight kids, and especially going through the adoption route. It's as you know that it, like I don't know why that's not. I, I get I get why it's not easier. They're trying to protect children and everything. Yeah, but. It, that it's is a little comp- complicated. Ours yeah. were a little bit easier just because all of our kids have special needs. Yeah. So when when you you know I think there's there's kind of like two angles to look at it because we weren't really sure we were open to adopt or foster or anything after we had two kids. We had a boy and a girl and we were like, okay, we're we're gonna do this. My wife and I both felt pretty strong about it, and it was interesting because as we started like thinking about it, like how do you pick out a kid like yeah that's really difficult. And the one yeah. thing we started really thinking about is the fact that most people who are adopting are adopting because they can't have a kid, you know, or something's going on and they, yes. you know, where we're in a situation where we, we were blessed with two kids. And so we felt like pretty pressed upon us, like, Hey, let's adopt a kid that maybe wouldn't usually get adopted. Yeah. And so that was kind of our started becoming like our mentality. And the, so the first boy we adopted Morris, we got him when he was five. Um, he couldn't walk. Uh, he was, he was older than our firstborn, which they say is like kind of a big no, no, as far as like the birth order, but yeah. we just really felt drawn to him. And yeah. there was some really uh, powerful things along the way that kind of happened that we really felt like he was supposed to be our boy. So it happened. And then he asked us to go back and adopt his best friend. And then when we went back to get him, uh, they, they brought us another little girl where they're like, you need to come back and get her. And my wife was like, we got to do this. And so it just, wow. it ended up, yeah, snowballing. So we have actually four kids from China that are all from the same orphanage. They actually all wow. grew up together. So they knew each other in the orphanage. And then uh, about two years ago, we adopted a, a girl from Ukraine um, who's a little bit older, but just a real uh, sweet girl. And so, yeah, it's a it's a unique, interesting family. And I love being a dad. It's definitely my motivation and my why, yeah. why I do any of this stuff. I've, I Again, I've never really been motivated by money or you know, success or fame or I don't notoriety. I really honestly yeah. don't care about any of that. I, I really love having some freedom though, to be yes. able to spend it with my family. And yes. I'm thankful I'm in a place where, you know, we can just, you know, like we're leaving in a week to go to Hawaii for a month and just yeah. be together, connect with each other. And to me, that's the joy of all the things, real estate serving people, but also being able to serve my family through it. You know, um, I know, I know, I know you're not motivated by you know, like success and things like that, but I found um, when I, so prior to doing real estate, what we do now, um, I worked in, in benefits, corporate benefits, and I worked with employers, you know, all over the state of Idaho, as well as the country and huge companies, like even Fortune 500 companies through the pocket stuff. I, I really find that there's a corresponding theme to all successful people. And that's when they go out of their way to do hard and difficult things. It's just like, it's something that they don't mind doing mm-hmm. and they'll actually do the things that others won't. And those people, no matter what their motives are, it, they're just always successful. Yeah, that's true. And I think, you know, you has gotta be, there's like an internal drive. It is. It's hard to, it's hard to explain. explain. It's just there. And you're like, yeah. I'm going to do it. And like your, your story of adoption and special needs kids and what you're doing, you, you're being driven by something that you believe in or passionate and a drive to help and do more. And you don't care about, you know, the effect on your life. Not that you don't care about the effect, you know, that the effect on your life 
right, will mean that you'll have more capacity to love, that you'll For sure. you know, have things like that. And that is just such, I just absolutely believe that is the key to success because it can be applied over anything. And those types of people, they go to do what they need to do. Mm -hmm. It's totally true. And I think that, you know, I, I think for me, I learned lessons in like, you know, having, I was in a band where, you know, we were, we were touring around the country and, and you're just, um, you're working so hard and it's so much easier to just like quit. It's, there's, it's just like this constant, you know, you gotta, it's a grind. Like you've yeah. got to put in the time, you've got to, you got to learn about, you know, marketing and advertising yeah. and connection and discipline and working on your craft and like all these things. And so it was interesting for me because a lot of people were like, how did you get into real estate so success, you know, happen so quickly? Like, cause within 10 years, like I, I'm shocked sometimes when I look back, I'm yeah. like, how do we own all these, pro how, do, how do I have a TV? This is ridiculous. Yeah. Like I, there's so many more talented people than me or experienced or knowledgeable. I didn't go to school for any of this. I didn't go to school for design or real estate or any of this kind of stuff. But I, I will say that I, what I learned touring and kind of hustling and, and getting out there and working for something is, is one, I don't quit Two, I'm always learning. And, and three, you just, you got to be flexible and you got to just go with the flow and, yes. and ultimately just power through and not give up. And because there will always be things that are coming at you that are just like frustrating or discouraging or overwhelming or the outside noise of like, why don't you just get a real job? You're so talented. You could be doing yeah. this, making so much more money. And it's like, I just want to do stuff that I'm passionate about yes. really is what it comes down to. And, and it, and it led to here, but it's interesting how, you know, doors, and, and the next thing will always open as you just keep walking forward. And it's like, I never planned on being on HGTV. It was never a thought. It was nothing I wanted to do. It was nothing I ever thought about doing. Yeah. But if I wouldn't have gone down that whole road, it, it would have never happened. And the funny thing when they reached out to us is, is they're looking for people who aren't looking. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. which is weird. Yeah. Because if they're like, if you send us something, nope. Yep. Exactly. Like we're not even interested. Exactly. And so it's weird how all that kind of transpires by not trying. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's a, such a common theme. It, when it, people, you know, even with us, the projects that we did that nobody wanted to do them or they wouldn't do because of the amount of work or the amount of risks. But we're sure. like, we want to do this because we believe we're passionate or even we want to do this to do those things. Like mm -hmm. we want to do push the bounds we want to do hands down the highest yielding things that we do it's what ends up making our reputation it what makes our name and then from there it makes everything else easier it's and so true. when people say how do you do that that seems so hard it's like that's not hard at all let me tell you what's hard <laughs> right yeah. and it's it just changes the framework you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Of how you overlook and, and right now, so walk us through what all you're doing. You were, you were walking me through in, in the real estate space. You got a lot going on. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, I've always been, I'm always, I'm very creative in the essence that I don't want all of my eggs to be in one basket. And I also, I think I probably get burnt out with like doing the same thing all the I'm time. The same way. And so yes. I, I like kind of the creativity of doing different things. And so, you know, obviously we've got the show going on, which, you know, kind of happened out of nowhere. Not, we've done 30 episodes so far for HGTV. Okay. And, and um, what, uh, 30 episodes, how many episodes are in a season? So we've done, they've kind of all been unique, different. Like we did one that was seven. We did another one that was 13. And we did another one that was 10. 
So we've done uh, 20 episodes of Boise Boys, 10 episodes of Outgrown, and then we're in development on a new show right now that's actually um, potentially going to be more about my, my family and our story and a lot of these things that we're up to in Boise because um, there it's just a little bit of a just different world because we've got some high-end nightly rentals. We've got a brand called Timber and Love Stay With Us that I'm creating that's basically um, high-end nightly rentals. We did one for the show and it's just nonstop booked out every night from in an old firehouse down in the north end and i was like i want to do more of that so i bought a really cool historic building off of warm springs and then another one down in the north end that's got like seven different units to it that we're going to be upgrading we did a we're doing a cabin up in mccall it's going to be the timber and love chalet and then um just kind of some unique properties that people can kind of experience the timber and love brand if they're fans of the show or whatever else because we get a lot of people stopping in and be like i want to see what you're up to and like today we had uh, people from LA who stopped by yesterday from Australia and last week there was yeah. four different couples from Germany and it's like <laughs> you're I want to give them something yeah. to be able to experience beyond just like I'm walking them awkwardly through my <laughs> warehouse yeah. of, of hoarding of my you know things that I use for staging and whatnot but so the stay with us will be cool just kind of a unique experience and um, so I'm working on that and then we've got a new subdivision we're doing the first timber and love subdivision it's 12 uh, brand new homes kind of like a minute off the minute walk from the river and five minutes from downtown wow. off of state street which i bought the property about three years ago and i've been working on developing it and so that's gonna be fun i'm doing some unique styles it's like a modern it's all modern but modern spanish modern um, kind of scandinavian design and then also gonna do like a kind of a mid-century look as well so it's i'm really excited about that project we start going up here in like the next month so that'll be fun and then we still flip houses flip a lot of houses still yeah. and then we're doing a lot of design builds for clients like it's turned into a thing because of the show we're now like we're doing a lot of high-end custom homes we're doing like a two and a half million dollar house in cuna right now and we're doing a bunch of them in the foothills like new construction additions remodels and so it's 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 a lot of variety and my mom's yeah. always told me variety is the spice of life so i really enjoy it and it's it's been a lot of fun no i yeah you, you know, you're doing so much. It comes off, uh, you know, kind of these original roots and it, and it kind of goes like you have all these different things that you're doing. You have eight kids and I'm, it's <laughs> I like, got an amazing wife. That's the only way I can do this. Yeah. And an amazing team, as you know, like yes. without a great team, it's, it's really difficult. It It, it is it's impossible. But, you know, at, at the same time though, you don't make it an excuse. And I, I, I don't know. I just love that. People are like, you have four kids. How do you run all these businesses? How do you do that? And I'm like, I do it because I have four kids. And what I mean that is not even necessarily that the kids are driving me. It's not like that. It's that it's I it, the capacity to do more is, I believe, infinite. Yeah. You it, just get used to it because yes. people say the same thing to us. Like, how do you how do you travel with eight kids? How do you do this? And I'm like, it just becomes part of your yeah. life. Like you you adapt to what is your environment yeah. i'm like what do you do with no time i'm like you don't have any kids i'm like what are you doing all the time yeah you know what i mean <laughs> to me it's, it's the opposite exactly it's like how how in the world it's and it, it, you're not capped by those things and i think it's also working smarter and working efficiently and like i i will say the one thing that i've learned to do is make decisions quickly yes. and, and and efficiently with obviously you have to have the information but i don't want to like overly you know think through every like possible, yeah. I go with my gut and yep. I base it off of information and knowledge that I have. And then I move on to the next thing. And, and I let people help me, you know, finish out that, that yeah. thought. And, and also, you know, even within business, 
you know, whether it's my executive manager or people doing marketing teams, like you guys put together the plan, you get all the information you need from me, let's sit down for two hours, and I'm going to answer every single question you have, I'm going to design every single thing that you need, and give you all the, the, the colors and the layout or whatever it is that you need the information for marketing or branding or anything, we're going to get the information, and then I'm going to move to the next thing. Yes. And then they've got a week's worth of work to, to finish out everything we talked about, instead of me babysitting and working through it, yes. then they we follow up. And I think that uh, it does free you up with more time yeah. when you can be efficient and kind of organize your, your schedule and lifestyle. You know, it, so this is a great topic because one of the things that you're mentioning is progress over perfection. And 100%. that is so key. You just gotta it's, keep going. You gotta go and you gotta realize that, okay, yeah, we're gonna make decisions that are wrong. We make sure that in, like in my mind, I'm like, we, I have a capacity for decisions that can be wrong. If it leaves a, like a decision that I'm like, if this is wrong, there would be devastating conf- consequences, sure. things like that. I'm pulling in other experts or team members, right? And we do things to hedge or whatnot. But other than that, I accept a range of failure that I'm 100% okay with yeah. that doesn't stop the train. And we, it's more important to make the decision and move than it is to hit 100% home runs. One, you're exactly right. And even like with the subdivision, like with everything that's changing in the market, like I don't know if it's going to be a home run, but I know that we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna be successful at it and, and we're going to learn from it and we're going to grow from it. And you just got to keep moving. Like, yes. You can't, I'm not going to just like stop action yeah. and stop movement because of, of fear or because yes. of what someone else is saying. Like you have to go with your gut instinct and you yeah. got to move forward and trust that that what you're doing is, is, is right for your business and yeah. where you're at in life. And so, yeah, I think with a lot of people, you can start living in fear and having a lot of like questions like, oh, I don't know enough about it or I'm not exactly sure. And, you know, even for me, like getting involved in real estate, I, I would literally just go knock on people's doors and, and have conversations like, hey, are you ever interested in selling this house? And like, because, you know, you can say all day long, like there's always excuses. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day for most successful people in business, like you just can't make excuses. You just got to keep moving forward, which I imagine is a lot like a runner. Like you're going to come through these walls, right? Like if you're running a marathon, you know, my wife's going to run her first marathon in Hawaii uh, this year. And she's, you know, it's, it's half of it's a mental game. It's like, you just got to keep going and, and let your, your body will follow if your mind is there to, to just do it and get it going. And so 100%. I, you know, I, I'm learning a lot from that and, and I've seen the success of it. Like you said, the hard things that you just get through and you push through, they really bring a lot more success sometimes than you realize ever would be there. Oh, absolutely. Back, like, wow. That, that worked out. When, you know, when I got started in sales, I was over in Eastern Idaho, which is a r- more rural part of the state. Um, and I didn't have a team around me. I was working out of this. Um, we, we lived above an auto body shop. Um, we could smell the paint. My wife paid for the bills cause I didn't make any money. And she was a, uh, waitress at night. I went to school during the day and I made no money cause I was in sales and I didn't really know what I was doing. My team and everybody was back in, in Boise. And I was like, well, I just got to get out there and do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I, landed one of the, uh, my bigger clients that I'd even ever had at a time when I knew the littlest because I went, their headquarters were based in Idaho falls. And I was just looking at some basic like information that I found, like where they're located and everything. And I go and I walk into the office. They had a thousand plus employees 
and I go walk into kind of their office. I just walk down the hall. I didn't see anybody. So I just go walking down the hall and I walk into the back room and there's a guy sitting at the desk, right? And I'm just like, hey, um, I'm A.J. Osborne. I'd like to, yeah, can I talk to you about this real quick? I, I came in and did some pitch or whatnot. It was the owner. Mm-hmm. I wasn't supposed to be there. The person had like stepped away, right? I never, I didn't schedule a meeting. I didn't know what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. And I went in there and said, this is what I'm doing. And he kind of looks up at me and he's like, um, did you talk to so-and-so? And I'm like, no, there's nobody here. And I had no idea who the guy even was. He owned this huge company or everything. And he set up a meeting with me. I brought the expertise and the experts in that I needed. Mm-hmm. And they got the count. And it was like... You got your foot in the door. Exactly. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I have this big account, right? And I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. You, got like, to take, you took action. Exactly. And I think that everybody's waiting. Like, I could never go talk to a big business. Yeah. I could never go try to sell that. I, Cause I don't know what I'm doing. We even, we've done this on everything from building real estate to we converted, you know, bankrupt super Kmart's and office buildings that we bought in downtown mm-hmm. and people are like, Oh, so you've done that. I'm like, no, but it makes sense. Like I, yeah. I can see the numbers and I know it all work out. That means everything else in between I can figure out. Yeah. So I know that the big stuff makes sense. It feels right. I understand this thing, right? We'll go down it. Uh, down that road because as long as if I know the big stuff, all that little stuff along the yeah. way, we can figure it out. Exactly. And and no one knows everything. And that's no. the reality of it is is everyone's always learning and there's always situations. I mean, in real estate, you could be a realtor for 10 years and, and still come up with new transactions or deal with different scenarios that you've never even seen or heard of 10 years later because yeah. it's just things are always changing. Always and, changing. And it's all about being able to adapt. I mean, my wife and I, we homeschool our kids and one of the things that we are constantly teaching them is you've got, we want to teach them how to learn, you know, not just give them information, but like help them understand how do you learn something? Because if you can problem solve, like for me as a business owner, I'm always looking for problem solvers. It's like, look, just let's figure this out because there's always going to be problems. They're never not going to be like, we can have all the systems in the world and have everything, you know, totally, you know, systematized to, to make sense, but it's it's not always going to work that way. It just doesn't, it just doesn't, you know, and you get thrown into these situations. Like I know the first season of Boise Boys, it wasn't like we could call up Chip and Joanna and be like, how do you do this? Yeah. Like, how do you film a TV show, run a company, still make money and, you know, have your family. And yeah. this is a whole different world. And you've got crazy strict timelines that, that are demanded of you. They already have like your your slate for when your show's gonna be airing set in stone. It's a big network. Yeah. And so you're like, okay, we're gonna do 13 houses in nine months. We're gonna flip them. And they, these are all like, you know, 300,000 to, you know, $750,000 renovations. Like, yeah. we've got one team, like how are we gonna do this? Yeah. And I have to design everything and stage everything. And like, I was a control freak in it where I didn't want other people doing that because I wanted yeah. it to be something I was proud of. And so how do you do that? And like, we had no idea and yeah. we just figured it out and it, it wasn't always pretty, but we always got it done. And I think that is the, the key is you just, figure just it out. Go. it's like it, it, a lot of people, I, I don't know if it's cause we idolize, I think other people more. It's like, we think other people are, but well, you're successful because you know, all of this, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you're on a TV show because whatever you knew how to do it, or you were an actor or something. Like that. And that's just not actually how it works no. at all. No, definitely not. And, and it's, it's one of those things where I knew nothing about it. And still, I'm very like green in, in the space a lot. Like, it's just like, I, it's a different world. It's a completely different animal that 
you know, I'm thankful for the opportunity, but I'm, I'm also not beholden to it. Like I, 100%. whatever, whatever if it happens, changes, you're changing. Whatever happens in my, my life. It, for me, it's like, you've got your, your core things. Like I wanted to, you know, be able to establish a company that is here in our community for the long haul that will always be here with my, my family. And then ultimately try to create, you know, assets that we, you know, especially having special needs kids that if something happens to me or my wife that my family's taken care of for yeah. the rest of their life. So really that becomes my motivation. Everything else is kind of secondary for sure. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely love that, you know, purpose and just, there's no excuses. There's no, and it kind of comes back to what we we're talking about right at the first. I feel like the people that have the most excuses do the most. And the people that have the least excuses end up doing the least. And it, 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 that's always a weird dynamic that I've seen where I'm like, you're a college student. You don't even have a job, right? And yeah. you're talking about how you don't have time and you can't do things. And I don't know, right? And it's like, you know, I think all of us busy people, like what I could do mm-hmm. if I had all that time. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I mean? It's just an opposite side of the coin. And, and it's important to say, this is my goal. I'm going after it. I'm just going to figure out, you know, be that adaptive learner, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, uh, that is it, by far how to learn is way more important than what you know. And, uh, you know, move because you're right. It always changes. Yeah, it does. It, it, especially in today's world. I mean, and it everyone learns so different too. Like I think for myself, like I was never a really, um, like even in school and whatnot, like I, I'm, I'm I always learn by experience and I, I like to, to get my hands dirty and be in the process. And so even, even when, you know, we're flipping houses or, and I, even though I'm not like technically, you know, doing the construction, like I like to get in there and like, understand like how, how it's working and, and understand the big picture from the very start to the very end, because I think it does give you more information. But yeah. if I tried to go to school and learn about construction, oh. I would do horrible because I, yeah. I definitely like, I'm an experimental learner. Like I like to experience it and see it and, and try new things and, and really be hands-on. Cause then, then I feel like you, um, at least for me, that is how I, I definitely learn. hundred percent. You know, I'm, I'm dyslexic and, uh, you know, ADD and growing <laughs> up in school, it was like, you know, Hence basically energy drink yeah, helps out. Exactly. Helps out. <laughs> and then like, you know, growing up, it was, people were like, you know, we don't really know what to do with you, that kind of stuff. And, uh, my, you know, luckily I had really good supportive parents that were just like, you're not dumb. Yeah. They just, you're, you're smarter than everybody. Right. Kind of thing. And, but it was very early on to me that like, I have to figure out another way. It's Mm -hmm. not presented. It's not going to be easy. And it's just like, well, you got to do that. And we live in a world though, that tends to be like so rigid as far as systems and processes go. And especially when you're little, Mm -hmm. right, you get stuck in, it has to be a certain way, or I need to do it. It needs to be regurgitated. It needs to be processed and I have to be this and then you get into the real world and most people don't learn until they get much older that that is so not even close to how it works in Mm -hmm. fact that kind of thinking and learning style is very detrimental because application-based learning is extraordinarily different than static learning or regurgitated learning and application-based learning is by far more important yeah it feels like it you know I think with us again, like homeschooling our kids and my wife obviously does, uh, she does the primary, I can't take credit for it. Um, but I, I do like to teach the kids about 
business. And one of the things we're doing is we're going to be starting a, a coffee shop together so that I can help them. Like let's from the very beginning of it, from, you know, coming up with the concept to understanding the brand, to what our goals are, how does the money work? You know, how do we do customer service? How do we have a nice environment? Like yeah. all these things, you know, as they're very, you know, they're all in their, you know, 10 to 14 year old range. I think it's going to be to me, like I would have loved to understand just the process of, of what it takes because if I want them to become business owners and to and to not just be an employee like they they need to understand how that works yeah. early on so that their mindset already is thinking in those terms of like this is how you you see things not this way yes and and I think that you have to learn that through application and just yep. doing it and so you know I don't even know you know it, 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 regardless of what happens even if we're just breaking even like that's going to be a great lesson yeah. to learn and it's going to be worth every penny because we're serving the community and yeah. it's something that they're a part of. And I think it'll be really neat, especially for, you know, four of our kids have down syndrome and like giving them an opportunity to be able to uh, actually own a business and be a yeah. part of it and learn and use their gifts. Cause I believe every person does have something to offer Yes, regardless of like you were saying, you were unique in the way you learned and how you approach things. And, but, but your parents, we're saying, hey, that you've got a lot of potential, yeah. and we can see it in you. It's just not going to be traditional. And yeah. you know, look what you became. Yeah. You because you were able to, you know, figure out yeah. who you were and where your strengths were at. And I think that's important that we, as you know, parents and also as business owners, are you know finding the people in our lives and, and pouring into them and saying, hey, I see this in you. Like, let's let's figure out how to develop. Like one of my sons, he loves cleaning. Like I don't know why. He's from, you know, I don't know if he learned it in the orphanage or whatever, but like the moment he got into our house, he was like folding towels just randomly. Like we never told him to. Yeah. And he was like finding a duster and dusting. And he's just the sweetest yeah. little, like he enjoys he likes helping. He loves him. helping. He's always, he's very aware, even more so than like our kids that we had biologically. Yeah. He, even though he's younger and he has down syndrome, he can sense like, this is going to, this is the trash is going to need to be taken out here real soon. Like he's always aware of like where yeah. some of the kids are just like throwing their, you know, yeah. jackets on the ground exactly. and he'll just like Rappers. go grab it and pick it up because he just, and that's a gift that he has. Yeah. He sees it. And so like, I'm excited for, for him to be, you know, the person, you know, at, at, you know, the coffee shop who can, you know, greet people and, and yes. pick up after them and yeah. wash the table and, and that's a, that's a, that's a gift and it's, yeah. it's something he enjoys. And so, you know, whatever, whatever you people gravitate towards, like to really encourage them in it, it's, it's a blessing. It's fun to do. No, I, I absolutely love that. You know, we, uh, my wife, uh, started a school because, um, a private school that was like, we're going to take a totally different way of learning mm -hmm. because we didn't, the, we were like the public school system. We just lost complete belief in, and we were worried about how the kids were learning to think. Yeah. And it was like, you know, and so we, we she started a school, which is, uh, now it was Idaho's first business school, um, for, uh, K through high oh, that's awesome. and yeah, they have hundreds of, uh, kids that got 50 plus teachers and it, you know, turned in this big, uh, big thing. And so everybody's like, Oh, so you were a teacher. You went to get your college degree in education. And she's like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> and that's why it actually works. Yeah. It's because if she would have done that, she would have 
not been able to work and create something that was different yeah. and something that was actually producing good uh, results yeah. in a different way that helped other people. Well, because everyone learns just so differently. So different. And it's good to have those options. Yeah. One of the things my wife has really been, you know, I think has been impressed upon her as she started to teach the kids is she's like, I don't understand like in America why after every year, like first grade, second grade, third grade, you have a new teacher every year. Like half the, the issue with me, with our kids is like understanding how they learn yes. and understanding how they think and understanding what I need to do as a teacher to make sure that they're learning efficiently. Like, I feel like if I was a teacher at a public school, that would be so difficult because oh. I don't even know how this kid learns. And two, they're giving you, yeah, what, 30, 40 kids. And as a teacher, you're like, I've got to, I have 30, 40 kids that all learn differently. How, how is that different teacher, backgrounds, different, different backgrounds, different cultures. I feel a lot like of you're them. putting these teachers who are amazing. Yeah. And Tough you're setting spots. them up to fail. Tough and spots. Not fail. I don't mean fail. But I mean, sure. set up to like, they can't reach their potential. It's they just can't really help every, every kid. That's, that's impossible to ever hold a teacher to a standard in that situation that you would expect every kid to excel. Yeah. That's not fair on them. Like what well, we've gotten to the point where we don't even really do grades. It's like, yeah. she's like, it's not, that's not the point. The point is to learn, to help them learn yeah. and, 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 and understand like how they learn. So every, every year, you know, they're all in these different sliding scales, you know, obviously, you know, with different special needs and, yep. and different learning abilities and things. And just kind of like even yourself, like if, if you would have had maybe a different educator, they would have been able to really gravitate and grab a hold of the things that yeah. the way you did learn. Yeah and push those to positive instead of negative because yeah, there's, there's things I see in my son where I'm just like, yeah, that's going to either be a real strength in your life or it's going to be a real weakness in your life. But let's teach you how to like make that a strength. Well, it, it's so crazy that the great, how the grading system works. And, you know, I look back at, and you got to think, I'm like, okay, so I went to school, right. And, uh, I was dyslexic. So my spelling and let's say math, cause I would, uh, mix things up, right. I failed in those two but I got straight A's and everything else, right? And they're like, you are a C or D student. Mm -hmm. That's not true. Yeah. I'm not. I excelled in certain areas yeah. and in other areas I didn't excel in. Yeah. First of all, why would you ever expect a kid to excel at everything? Because that's not representative of life at all. No, everyone's and different. Just because you fail in one area, it doesn't mean you're not exceptional in another. Yeah. And the fact that you aggregate those losses and pluses, I don't even, yeah, I don't like what that even represents. Yeah. Because that, it, first of all, it doesn't actually make sense. And then you make yourself feel like, oh, I'm a D person. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And because that's what you tell them. And that's all that matters. If you're yeah. in order to get on, to move on in life or whatnot, yeah. you have to excel at something that you not only are not gift naturally gifted at, um, but it could be very, very difficult for you. Now, first of all, I am not making that as an excuse. I got tutors, everything else that sure. we could, right? And I accepted that. I just think that's not a proper way because today I would be ludicrous to judge my self-value on things that I suck at. I don't do that. Yeah. You don't do Nobody should. No. Like, I'm not good at that. I'm okay with that. That doesn't bother me. Sure. I don't need to be the best at everything. <laughs> that doesn't mean I'm and still no an A-plus no guy, yeah, right? You find, you find your niche and you, and, you, and you really focus on that. Exactly. So I love that you're framing that and setting that up. And you do this, obviously, within your businesses. I try my best. You know, I definitely try my best. And I think, you know, being, being a business owner and entrepreneur and and really just trying to, you know, raise up a, a team around you. Obviously, like it all starts with with culture and what's important to us. And 
um, you know, how are we, how do we think about things as, as a, you know, philosophically as a, as a company and our desire to want to, you know, serve people and really create value. And, and ultimately I think when you, when you feel like this is, this is my home, this is, you yeah. know, my reputation and that's, yes. that's all I have at the end of the day, Everything. it's, you know, I think it, it makes it even that more difficult because obviously working with clients and, and working with certain, you know, trades or subs, like there's always going to be certain amounts of, you know, friction or, you know, unmet expectations or whatever right. it is. And yeah. it's this constant thing. You just, again, it's like we talked about earlier, you got to figure out like, this is a learning curve and like, wow, this, that didn't go well the way we thought it was going. And let's, let's pivot and we need to learn from this. And hopefully this person's going to have grace with us as we continue to grow because our goal is to never leave anybody high and dry. And like, we will always make it right. Like, even yeah. if it takes two years, like I'm not, I'm not just going to be like, you know what? You're annoying. This didn't work out. See ya. Like, it's just never going to be that person because yeah. at the end of the day, like there's projects we're working on right now where we are literally $50,000 upside down, but, and, and, and it's very annoying, but I'm not going to just say like, you know what guys, let's stop having this conversation. It's, it's no, we're going to make it right. Yep. I'm not going anywhere. I live here. Yep. I, if I see you down at Trader Joe's, I don't want to have a weird relationship with you Yes. because I truly do care about you and your family and I want to make you a beautiful home. Yeah. We're going to figure this out. You know, yeah. but there's thing there's certain things that are just out of our control, and you realize that in business where it's like I want to, you know, you want to be a control freak and make everything work perfectly, but it's just not reality. No, it's not how it works. I and I love what you said said too on your, you know, it it's you, you can make certain things monetary things, you can make it right, right, but your reputation is so important, and you know, growing up in Idaho it was such a small town, mm -hmm. right? And everybody knew everybody. Like, I remember we'd go to Boise to watch Did movies. you grow up in Eagle? Or? So I grew up in Meridian, okay. right off the Eagle exit. Mm -hmm. I actually hunted off the Eagle okay. exit. So, <laughs> man, the world's changed. But, like, when we would go travel to Boise um, to uh, go to a movie or something like mm -hmm. that, and I always knew I can't go sneak into a rated R movie because somebody's going to see me and tell my mom. Yeah. Right? You know, yeah. like, as a 14-year-old kid... I lived in, in in the biggest city in the state, and I couldn't. I knew I couldn't do that because I knew you can get away. I, I'm, with gonna, it. I'm gonna. I can't get away with this. Yeah. Everybody's. Gonna, I know people there, mm -hmm. right? And so it it really coming from that, then that trans uh, transferred into business. There's only so many clients we can have. Yeah. Because we were a small town, and mm -hmm. I know if I burn one, that's gonna get around, and yeah. I can't do business anymore. Yeah. And if I'm not fair, if I'm not honest. You can't get away with it. No, it does. It, it didn't work, right? And so, reputation in that kind of environment, it was just that was all always just something you just knew. Mm -hmm. And it was not like big cities. And it's not like we could just travel and move, right? Boise is very isolated, a very small economy. Everybody knew everybody, and I think that is such a valuable thing because, you know, in today's age, it seems like everything is big. It seems like there's so much, there's so many people, but especially when you're talking business and entrepreneurship, when you dive into that niche, mm -hmm. like, you know, my niche is self-storage and everybody in the self-storage world knows everybody. Mm -hmm. They know who the good guys are, who the bad guys and the players are and doing what's right, even at the, the cost to you or yeah. trying to make things whole, that just pays back in massive dividends. It definitely does, and it's it's not always it's not always an easy decision to, to make. But yeah. at the end of the day, like it, you know, not going anywhere. So exactly, we gotta, we're gonna deal with it. Yeah, and figure it out. We're and gonna be doing this for years, and you've put yourself out. 
like on a stage. Yeah, right? and, and it definitely it, it it makes it a little more difficult because people are way quicker to to judge or to quicker. you know um, whatever expectations and everything else because you know on on TV you're getting the house done in an hour like that's just not reality you know it's yeah. there's a lot that goes in that you don't ever see yeah. and there's a lot of it's 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 hard you know it's not there's nothing easy about the construction world at all like I don't think it would be my first choice as far as like a, a business goes, it's not like, yeah. it's not easy money by yeah. any means. Um, but it's very fulfilling to be able to help people, you know, create a, a space that, that really serves them and their family. Because I know for me, like family is everything to me. Yeah. I, I love creating an environment for my family where we, where, where we can be ourselves, where my kids feel like they can, they're accepted for who they are and they, and they feel loved and feel comfortable and, and have a place where they just feel like this is, this is my home. You know, this is, and especially with, you know, adoption, I think creating a safe environment that feels, um, you know, warm and inviting and, and again, safe is one of the most inconsistent is one of the most important things you can do for, for your kids. Uh, we've definitely noticed and seen. And so, you know, it's just, it's vital. And I think that for everybody, they need that. They need a spot yes. where, you know, just where we can just tune everything else out yeah. and we're with each other and, you know, we're, we, so I love, I do love design. I love construction and, and I love real estate. It's, it's a, it's a cool, it's a cool world to be in. It is. Um, even though it's not always the, the easiest, Yeah. but I'm definitely, definitely thankful for the opportunity and in the community who's been very supportive of, you know, what we've been up to. And it's definitely, um, you know, been an exciting ride, even though it's not, was kind of unexpected. And, and even now it's, it's one of these things where, you know, like you said, you got to just keep hustling and moving just because you had success, you know, two years ago or a year ago or opportunity. It, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't just demand that you're going to just, things are just easy now. No. Like you got to keep, you got to keep hustling. You got to keep moving forward and, and keep, you know, your eye on, on what's happening. And I, I enjoy that. Yeah. And two, that really ties in well with reputation from the standpoint of like, just cause I did something good, you know, two years ago, doesn't mean that I can do something bad today and it offsets it. Yeah. That's never, the, mm -hmm. we always have to be doing good. You always have to do the right thing at the right time. Mm -hmm. There is no offset. Yep. There is no right that. And even when it's not in the way that you want, uh, you know, the economy changes, things turn on you that wasn't planned, but that yeah. doesn't mean it's a get out of jail free card. No, That's not how it works. It. it doesn't mean you just quit. doesn't mean you can walk away. Yeah. Right. And, uh, uh, your ability to, like we talked about before, you're obviously okay with discomfort, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, you got to get comfortable with being dis out, yes. of, out of comfort. Hundred out of your comfort zone. Hundred percent. So, what do you see going on in in, in the housing market? Things have obviously changed. Uh, yeah. What are you guys seeing? You know, so we have a. I didn't mention we have a brokerage as well. So Timber Love Realty, which we, um, you know, we've we had a really strong. I mean, I think first quarter we'd already had like 13 million in, in business. We're in the top 1% wow. in Idaho as well. But a lot of people don't even know we have a realty firm. Yeah, I didn't um, know that. That's yeah, amazing. It's down, um, down on that firehouse, actually, down on the north end. Um, the bottom is our realty and up above is the, is the oh. nightly rental. So, but yeah, it's, so it's been interesting because obviously we, you know, we're pretty involved in, in what's happening. And I, I think in general, I don't live in a lot of fear. So I try not to like over, um, overthink it. You know, I was at dinner with some friends last night and I had one of my, one of my friends, he was like, he's a hundred percent positive that, you know, we're going to go down 30% in the next, you know, 12 months. And like, I personally just, I disagree with that, but no one really knows. Yeah. I mean, and I, I think, I feel like 
right now there's such a polarized opinions on both sides of what's happening and what's going to happen that, you know, I think it's no one really knows. And I'm not arrogant, arrogant enough to feel to, yeah. to like I know because I don't. But I, I think that, you know, buying right, doing quality work and I think diversifying and, and not having everything in one, you know, one thing is smart. Um, yes. And I feel like for me, like with our subdivision, I am open to pivoting if I need to pivot. But I think, you know, I feel a little bit safe just because we are so close to downtown and so close to the river. Yeah. We're like, I'm not out in, you know, Meridian or Eagle yes. or Cuna or these places where I've got 150 lots I need to figure out what to do. I've always kind of done things a little bit more boutique and a little yeah. bit more, you know, uh, exclusive. So I feel like, you know, there's Quality a little bit versus of, quantity. There's a little bit of safety there. But at the same time, like, I'm not sure. So instead of building all 12 houses, I'm going to build four. Yeah. and see what happens and you know because i'm not exactly positive if i'm going to be able to get that house to comp at the price that we needed to price per square foot yeah. and i'm not going to cut corners so i'm going to make the house quality and high end is there going to be people who are willing to pay you know what i'm expecting them to pay uh six months from now i'm not sure but um i'm gonna i'm gonna build it and i want to do a spec because i don't i i think maybe in some scenarios people would say well just sell it, you know, pre-sell it and, and then just do it. But the problem is, is like, I have a vision and the vision is I want it to be what it's intended to be. I've been working on this for three years. I have a vision of what the whole neighborhood needs to look like. And if I pre-sell to 12 different people, that's not going to happen. Yes. And so it's because ultimately, you know, every, every family is unique and different. And, and, um, that's not what we intended this subdivision to become is, is just a hodgepodge of, of different homes. And so, We'll see what happens, but I'm not exactly sure. Obviously, things have, I think, kind of softened. And obviously, the interest rates, I think, are the really the wild card yeah. because with it was almost like free money. With 2 and 3%, yes. I feel like even as an investor, I was buying things that I probably wouldn't usually buy yeah. because I'm like, look, that's I can make that work yeah. like, pretty easily. Yeah. And and I have the money for the down payment. Like, let's just go yeah. and we'll figure it out. You know, cause you're locked even, in at 30 years and you're sitting here going, it's... Two and a half percent, like, yeah. I, I, even if I never sell this place, I know as a rental, even at like you know below market value, we're fine. We're good. So I think that that created a lot of this like urgency, which obviously is gone now yes. because of I think primarily because of the interest rates. Not necessarily anything that's going on with Boise. I think people will keep coming to Boise. Boise's beautiful. It's amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah. why wouldn't you want to be here? It's safe. It's clean. It's you know, it's just an, an amazing place to raise a family. And yeah. so I'm not really worried about the trajectory of Boise. Um, but obviously the interest rates are a factor, but at some point, you know, everything kind of moves in cycles and it's going to, people still need a place to live. People want beautiful places to live. People want good locations. So that's kind of what I'm banking on. Well, and I, and what a, yeah, that's, that's, you open yourself up for things to go wrong. You're not, and you've hedged against it because you're looking at the saying, okay, location, here are the benefits long-term thinking. I mean, that's just literally everything that, you know, I preach on this podcast to our investors, everything else, as in we don't control the economy, the market will go up and down. Mm -hmm. We need to be able to go up and down with the economy. We hedge against it with products, locations, um, all of those things that are, they are, you know, kind of timeless things, right? They're, they're They're not going away. It may not be fun for a while. That's okay. Yeah. If I have to rent those places out for two years, I will. Yeah. Exactly. I'll rent them as high-end nightly rentals, and they'll rent well. Exactly. 
And so it's, I'm hedged against that downside. So that way we can still take advantage of opportunity and capture the upside, even in unknown markets. Mm -hmm. And as a business owner, uh, you don't have a choice whether you're going to operate in an unknown market. Yeah. You can't control the market. So to freeze, like we were talking about before, and that's not an option. No. You don't get to do that as an entrepreneur, as an investor, right? That doesn't work. You don't get to do that with a family. You just don't get to do yeah. that. And so to say instead, I'm going to be smart. I'm going to hedge. I have a plan B, right? But I'm moving forward with plan A. I'm going to go after my vision. It's a long-term vision mm -hmm. that I'm planning out. That is, to me, the only mode of operation. Yeah, you got to go that road. And then, and then thankfully, you know, you got to live within your means. And so, you know, I think that... Being, being simple, making smart decisions with, you know, your your finances and your company. Maybe we don't take as many risks on flips right now that yeah. maybe we usually would. And you slow down that aspect and maybe ramp up marketing for, you know, our, our brokerage, knowing that, you know, people are going to still be buying homes or maybe selling homes. And, and it's just like pivoting between all the different, you know, for us, like this, this circle of, of, of different opportunities that we have is like, maybe we really ramp up, spend more money marketing here and, and make more in the brokers this year than we did last year. And what we really did was we focused more on design build. Like that was never part of our company two years ago. Like that was something that I created knowing that I don't want to fully 100% trust in just flips because yeah. that's not always going to be there. And I saw how it was getting so much more competitive yes. and we were having to like take bigger and bigger risks. Like I don't want to buy a house for $600,000. That's a, that's a piece and have to put 300 into it to make a hundred. Like that's not, a, that's not a good yeah. ROI. No. That's too much risk mm -hmm. where before, you know, you could buy a house for 200,000, put a hundred thousand in and make a hundred. Yeah. Like I don't want to do that. Yep. And so we really started pivoting more to the design build where I'm not using my own money. I'm using their money. Yep. And we're a cost plus. So I'm guaranteed to make a certain amount no matter what goes wrong because I've tried to do it the other way and that didn't yep, work. Yep. And so you, you learn again through experience of what works and how it works. And, and ultimately, you know, it comes down to again that we're, we are going to build beautiful homes for people and do it the right way. And it's going to be designed well. And that's what's kind of unique about Timber and Love is that we're not just a build firm or a design firm or a brokerage. We're all of it. So yes. we can see everything from start to finish. And I like that because, you know, if, again, it comes down to the very first thing I was telling you when I flipped that first house, I said, how would I want this for me and my family? And ultimately it's sold, I think, because of that, because I believe in good design, quality construction, something that I could be proud of, bring my family to, it, you know, and that would gain value in, over time. And the same thing is to be said about, you know, our clients that we work with is like when they come to us, you know, we can draw the plan for you. I will personally can design it and pick out all your finishes and walk you through that process. We can also, um, we're going to construct it. We've got project managers, our construction managers to, to do everything, but it's all in house and we all work with each other. So I know that if I change this design, it's going to affect the price, which is going to affect the timeline, but we can work it all out together because we're all here. We're like, you know, if you're doing a $2.5 million build, you usually have a design firm you've got an architecture firm and you have a build team. Yeah. You have three different people who don't usually work together and they're trying to like piece yes. this thing together. And you know, the design firm wants one thing, the build firm wants another thing yep. and the architecture like, no, that's not going to work. So it's really, it's confusing. Very and confusing. So more I feel mistakes, like, more expenses, more overlap, all of it. And in confusion of not getting yes. ultimately what you want. So now you come in 
we're going to figure it all out and we're going to do it together as a team because we all have our, our separate responsibilities within the team, but we, we work well together. And ultimately I'm in, I'm running, running it yeah. and, and we're going to make you a beautiful house that actually is going to fit in your budget and, and that it's going to be, you know, something that's timeless and beautiful all, yeah. all at the same time. And it's going to work for you. And so, and then we can also, you know, list it for you if you need to after yes. it's all said and yeah. done. And, and so I think it's been an interesting to, to kind of let it all live together. It's harder because there's a lot of moving parts and we've had to like literally bring on a full-time systems person just to coordinate all of the details because it's so many things intersecting of communication where if it's hard for us to communicate and we're all working together, how could you do that between three different firms, firms yep. successfully? It's going to be difficult. Dude, we're, we're the same way, dude. We're a fully integrated shop. Like we do everything. We do the sourcing. We do the funding. We uh, do the technology stack mm-hmm. we own. We own all our data for the operations, the management, right? <laughs> uh, you know, the whole thing. So we've got You think it's going to make it simpler, work. but it takes a but time to get there. It does. And yeah. it's a lot of communication, a lot of operations, a lot of everything. But when we look at it, the results are incredible because when we underwrite, the underwriting, the acquisition team is talking to the funding team who is talking to the management team who is talking to the construction team. So capital expenditures, revenue management, all of it. it they're all sitting here saying, together. this is what will work. Mm-hmm. That means we can be more aggressive We can and we can get higher yields because they're all working together to execute that revenue management, uh, the whole process. You're streamlining it. Streamlining it. And yeah. you're not- It's like an assembly line. Exactly. And it's- it is. It's more complicated. It's it, you know. I often tell people, um, they're like, "Oh, you invest in real estate." I'm like, "No, I have a real estate business. We're a self storage company." And I'm like, "There's a difference between investing in real estate, right, and doing like what you've done. You're a real estate entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. You built a real estate business. You have a value proposition in the marketplace that segments you out." I'm like, "When you invest with us, you're not investing in real estate. You are investing in a self storage company." Mm-hmm totally different yeah. right and that does yeah, it's take its own a brand it's its own thing it's exactly yeah. and it you know you created it probably just like i created because i'm like that'll be that'll be hard you gotta hire all these people and everything i'm like yeah but that's what we need to do so we're yeah. gonna do it and we'll learn we'll figure it out right yeah. um and a lot of people say oh that's not my lane or that's not what i do i'm just gonna stick to either this and once again they're not pivoting they're not adapting which once again i'm all about specializing we mm-hmm. are specialized. You're specialized, mm-hmm. right? But we're also willing to do what needs to be done. We're not going to shy away from it to get hard work. I, I love your model. I love, uh, you know, how you're structuring it. It is harder and it is, well, but it increases with things you're after. Value. Mm-hmm. It increases return. It increases quality. Big time. Because you know who you're working with. Exactly. And I know, I know that we're going to do this better than if you go pay twice as much for someone else to do it. Like, and two, you can, you can make decisions that nobody else can make. You can say like, for us, we're like, you know what? We're actually going to cut the cost on the spread on our tenant insurance. And here we don't need to charge this. Let's put right. We mm-hmm. have more levers to pull totally. to make the outcome better, yeah. more finance, uh, financially, uh, better. But then once again, what's more important to us as well as uh, obviously to you is the quality. Yeah. You got at the end of the day, it's really what it comes down to. Because again, if you're not going anywhere and someone's living in the timber and love subdivision and the house is crap, that's it. That's it. Yeah. You can't, exactly. it's, and it, it, you have to do it the right way. And so, and then how do you do it the right way and still, you know, make a profit is, yes. is really, you know, it's all about the buy. You got to buy right. 
And, yep. and one, if you buy right, you always have flexibility as you go on. Because even even in the projects I have, I always have an exit plan yes. of multiple things. So like, hey, if if this nightly rental thing is not going to work out, like we can we can we can flip this property. Like yep. that's not a that's not a problem. Or we can redevelop this property, or you know whatever whatever it might end up becoming, and and we can pivot to have ourselves another option. You know, just like with the subdivision. Hey, if that if it doesn't sell, we're gonna turn that into one of our nightly rentals. You know. And we're, we're going to make money and, and, and at least cover costs until the market adjusts or, you know, interest rates come down or whatever has to happen to where we will eventually profit from that. And you can do that because you're fully integrated. Mm -hmm. Lots of people, I don't have the choice. The land's not mine or the house is there. I've got, I owe him money. I have to sell it to get this done. Right. Yeah. And that's how we are. I'm like, guys, listen, here's plan A, but plan B and plan C which I don't want plan C. Yeah, they're viable but options. They're, but they're not, viable options. Like that'll be fine, now. everything else like that. But we can make all those yeah. decisions. And two, we'll know early on where we need to move. Sure. The idea though is that we're protecting our investors, we're protecting returns, and we're having that good quality. And doing it the way that you're doing and built it allows you to have that, that, that options. It also allows you to see which option you should take. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people are too dependent on other systems. Mm -hmm. They're too dependent on the develop the developer that owns the land. They're too dependent on their um, capital stack, whether that's investors or loans or whatnot. So whether a plan uh, A is the right plan or not, it doesn't yeah. matter. They have to execute at it at the cost of quality and returns. Mm -hmm. And you see that in real estate. Yeah. You see it. You're like, and then you they, cut you, corners, you did everything wrong. And it's like, I had to, I didn't have a choice. And things become very uncreative too, is what I've noticed. And that's, that to me is like, I am driven by creativity. Like one of the things that I love in the business is the fact that I get to try new things and to get experience and say, Hey, let's think outside the box here and do something different. I don't want to do the same predictable stuff every single time. And having control of the whole situation, I'm not, I don't have to ask anyone's permission. I yes. Just, if I want to do it, I'm going to do it. And I think that even within the show, you know, it was interesting because when HGTV or we were originally kind of chatting with them, one of the things they, they told me they really liked about me is that I wasn't formally trained because I didn't have a way to approach this like the way you're technically supposed to. It was just like, no, I, let's just try this out and see what it, what it, what it looks like or if, that, if this could work. And you do that enough and you start gaining some confidence to realize like, wow, that was, that was fun. That was interesting. Or like, why, why not try that? Or, you know. And I like being, to me, that's what's freeing about being uh, an entrepreneur and being a business owner is you get to, you know, try new things and experience new things. Like you said, like, let's buy a Kmart and turn that into a, you know, storage facility. You know, no one's doing that. Why can't we do it? It's already, they've already got the structure there. Let's yep. try it. And within it, let's try this, this, and this, and maybe make this bigger or this smaller yeah. or whatever. And, and you start realizing like this creativity is actually making us a lot more money because we're yes. providing something to the market that that I would want. Yeah. That I think is really cool. Yeah. And and I and you're you're aware of it because you're integrated in it all the time. You know what people are looking for, yes. what they want. And I'm the same way with design. It's like I'm hearing what people are interested in. Like I don't want the same old, you know, color and and you know, shabby chic and this and that, but everyone's just following everyone. Yes. And it's like you've got to be if you want to be a leader and you want to be, you know, doing things that are unique and different and that people are paying attention to you have to be a little bit unexpected 100 percent, and 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 not not just for unexpected sake but no. because it's you got to keep evolving opportunity it's mm -hmm. it's something you're exploring it's something that and two most of the time if you're seeing it other people are yeah right they're just not because you're right they're either on a system that they can't change 
or they're you like, know, that's what you're saying. Curve. It limits you because exactly. I can't go get a different light fixture because we've already ordered a hundred of those because we wanted to save in bulk. Yep. Yeah, but now your houses all look like crap. Yeah. We would we funny when we bought the uh, Bankrupt Super Kmart as well as when we bought uh, like the office building one. We're like, oh, we're gonna put a road through it, and people are like, you're gonna that's going to cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars just for the ventilation system to get rid of the exhaust on the road. That's not an economically a good choice. Mm -hmm. And then you have to put these uh, automatic doors that come up so we could actually do a road that cars drive into the building and they have offloading zones, everything else. And so many people were like, this is storage. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. Why are you doing that? And we did the same with the big storage facility that we built here. Everybody's like, you built way too big of an office. And this is so high end. Your cost per square foot is so high. You wasted space on aisleways. Like, what are you doing? This isn't how you do real estate. You're yeah. not maximizing the price per square foot. You know, people came in and they're like, wow, this is like but they the under, JW they, Marriott of storage facilities. I had never seen anything like it. But right? they underestimate the feel. The feel is worth something. We filled it up in three months and we're double the rates of any uh, competitor around us. Why? Because we knew what other people wanted. Yeah. Uh, they knew. They actually, quality did matter. High Convenience, end, quality. technology, that mattered. Yeah. Right? 100%. And uh, everything everybody said, though, was even the builders. They're like, you don't need to do this. Yeah. You don't need to put these big glass, you know, windows. It's not about you don't needing need to do it. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, this is an opportunity. This is, let's follow through a vision. Let's test some boundaries sure. here. And you have that opportunity, at, like you said, because you're not beholden to anybody else. You're running everything in-house. Let's try it. If it works, great. If it doesn't, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it, it you can, it, people are like, well, I don't have that situation. I'm like, well, you didn't. I didn't. Yeah. We had to create it. Yeah. We had to and make it. it takes time. And it, it takes time. Overnight. And instead of putting money into our pocket, I put money into the business mm -hmm. so that we could. I forfeited lots and lots of gains. We... We, we spent money on things that, once again, other people said, why are you spending money on that? You're a real estate company. I'm like, technology is important. We need to do this, right? 100%. And uh, our ability to reinvest and not take that capital out, just like you guys have, you've built this ecosystem, yeah. right? It, that obviously pays off, but it takes time, it takes investment, and it takes a lot of work. And I mean, not that, you know, you know a lot about work. You only have eight kids. Um, but, you know, it does. And well, it's like, it's like, it's really like a, a rental if you think about it. It's a, you're, you're playing the long-term game. It's like, yes, I could, you know, and I had, a, I had a major shift in my mindset, you know, after I started getting capital enough to be able to where I could actually buy something and, and keep it, you know, because I was just flipping, flipping, flipping to pay for these adoptions. And then I was like, yeah. once we, you know, had more excess, we were like, wow, we, we could, you know, take all this money, but no, let's, let's put it into investments and, and have these houses paid off in 10 years. And, you know, you have 30 houses paid off in, in, in a 10 year period. And the, each one of those is making $2,000 a month. Like yeah. think about how much money we're making for the rest of our lives and not just our lives, our kids' lives. Yes. Like that is a small, you know, it's a small investment, like a, for a long-term gain that, that yes, we're not going to see any of that today but we are gonna see it in 10 or 15 years and it's gonna be really there. It's just like working out or anything else. You gotta put in the time, the effort to say, I wanna see that result eventually. And it's the same thing with business. You gotta just keep investing into it if you believe in it. And that's what's fun about like what both you and I do is, is we have companies that we are passionate about that we believe in and, and we know I, I'm willing to bank on myself yeah. and, and what, I, what I see and how I see it. And, 
if if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I, I'm going to go with my gut and and hopefully, you know, contribute to making Boise, um, you know, more beautiful and being just a small little part of that. I know it's just a drop in the bucket. Everybody's playing their part, but I love this community and I want to yeah. make it better one house at a time and do it the right way because I know that ultimately there's going to be a family in there that, that wants a house that's built right, that they, that they love, and that ultimately can be a great investment for them as well. Dude, that was amazing. Um, I, you are very, very busy. I don't want to take up all your time. No, but thank you yeah, so much, my pleasure. The, I mean, the value that you, you brought, uh, you know, you're, you guys, obviously, you got to go watch the show. Um, where else can people follow you? Where else can people uh, just see what you're doing? So timberandlove.com is our, our main website. I've got a personal one at lukecaldwell.com. I haven't <laughs> updated that in a minute. But uh, yeah, we, we do a lot on, on social. So we a lot on, on Instagram and, and Facebook is, is really primarily where we, where we live. But, but Instagram, for the most part, Timber and Love. And then Timber and Love Realty is our realty firm. And, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I got a book coming out in nice. October. Yeah. I got a book deal awesome. with Simon and Schuster. So I'm excited about that. It was actually a, took, took, it was actually a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. One of those things where like, I guess I'll figure it out, yep. but it was, it was, uh, I'm not a writer. So I actually talked the whole, the, the entire book into my phone and then tried to get the editor to make it make sense. So Dude, it, that's awesome. it was fun. So that comes out, uh, October, um, I think 25th, uh, through Simon Soon. Schuster's coffee table book. So yeah, Dude. it's been a year in the two years in the process. We finally got it done. So I'm excited about that. And then, yeah, we should be back on in on the network probably in 2023. Dude, that's awesome. Thanks again for coming on, everybody. Those will be in the show notes. Go check it out, and uh, see you around, man. Yeah, thanks, buddy.